back. Another Monday. It's a happy Monday, hopefully, Dan. Um, we're actually recording the day before. Being prepared. Yeah. Welcome back to a JCB episode. Jamie's Conspiracy Bunker. Um, how are you getting on, Dan? Yeah, not bad, man. Quiet weekend. Went for a nice walk, so I'm in good spirits. Got my old vitamin D. Always got to get the D. Yeah. Big old, <laughs> big old fill up of the D. So it's fine. I'm all good. <laughs> if we if we were having this conversation tomorrow, me and you would be talking totally different. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's jump straight into the show with this one. This is a very well-known, again, conspiracy one that I've watched the documentary on Netflix on, and I've watched quite a few YouTube videos on since it originally happened. So it's been about, I think it's been about nearly 10 years. It must be 10 years next year since this originally happened. So it's the missing uh, plane, the Malaysian flight MH370. All right. And the conspiracies around that. Have you watched the documentary? No, I don't think so, no. No? It's a really good one of them well to put together. Do you know like Netflix docs tend to be quite, they have like ones that are terrible and then ones that are like well put together. Yeah. This is, this is like quite a good one. So it's definitely worth watching. I was in the top 10 for a while. So for the listeners, right. So in the last episode, Jamie was talking about a documentary that was on Netflix. And I think because you use a VPN, you're watching documentaries. I can't get, cause I went looking for the Bob, um, what's his name? Lazar. Lazar couldn't get it. It's not on our Netflix, so it must be on. Has it been taken off? I don't know, but it must be on another country's one because I couldn't find it. What's? Hang on, let me check. Let me check. With your old VPNs. I've turned my VPN off recently because it was playing and messing about with uh, my Xbox. Yeah, look, no Bob Lazar, Area 51 and Flying Saucers, we don't have that, but you might like. So what's the, what's the documentary for this one? So this, it, it's actually called, hang on, I'm typing it in now. There you go. <laughs> the plane that disappeared, MH370. Oh yeah, I see it. So yeah, it is a three episode, a three episode thing. Okay, that's fine. Because <laughs> I was like, "Oh man!" So, do you know the story about this um, plane? Anyway, no, Have you heard it no, I don't actually. No, I'm not very big up no. on. I miss a lot of things, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, this plane, it was a seven seven uh, Boeing seven seven seven. Yeah. Okay. It was had two hundred thirty nine people crew on board included. Um, it was a flight between Malaysia and Beijing mm-hmm. and it was just a, a normal commercial flight, a mixture of like Australians, Malaysians, Vietnamese, Chinese, some Russians in there in the mix. There's quite a few different nationalities on this uh, plane. Basically on March 8th, 2014 on the flight to Beijing, it disappeared. Just gone. Completely from radar. Nowhere to be seen again. Never never found again between now and then. Jesus. And there's like about 150 million theories to why this could be. But what I'll start off by going into is as this 
um, plane was making its way through airspace, it left the Malaysian airspace and went into the Vietnamese airspace. And there's like a 20 minute gap where there's no connection on it. Right. From any air, air, air traffic control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that 20 minutes, it managed to do a complete U turn and go a completely different direction. And they turned off all communications so the Vietnamese didn't pick them up at all. You know, why would you do that? Why would you do that, Dan? Exactly. So, there's many theories behind what had happened. So, basically, what they discovered, because for four days they were searching the complete wrong area where they think it would have went down because they thought it went on its normal track. Yeah. Where it should have went. Uh, in fact, it did a complete U-turn, went straight across Malaysia again and like hugged the Malaysian and Thailand border so it could be undetected. So whoever was flying that plane at that point would have known that if you hug that border, neither air traffic control would take responsibility for you and you could get through without being detected. So that's the first part of it. That's a big fucking plane though as well. That's not like a small plane. That's a huge plane, yeah. yeah. And the mili- the only reason they know that it did this U-turn in the end is because... Um, Malaysian during the searching, Malaysian military's radars are the only thing picking it up at this point because it's turned off all communications with all of the commercial airline stuff. Yeah. So it's literally just radar blips at this point. Um. So there's a big, the biggest theory, and what I think is the probably the most likely to have happened was that a 53 year old veteran pilot on board called Sahira. Amashar, who was Malaysian. His co-pilot was his first flight on a 777. And uh, his name was Farik Hamad. And uh, once the communication was turned off on board, they think that um, the pilot, the main pilot, locked the co-pilot into the main cabin when he went to the toilet and locked himself in the cockpit, put on an oxygen mask, and turned off the uh, cabin pressure. So then that will make everyone slowly go to sleep, because there's no oxygen in the room. Right. And he he thinks they did that, because there was no attempts to call people at home. There was no attempts to do anything with their phones. And even six hours after the search began, people's phones were still ringing. And like going to voicemail and stuff, so they were still on. So if they were back at the bottom of the ocean, they wouldn't have been ringing. Yeah. They would be, like, completely dead. So they think that he turned off all of the um, camera pressure to kill everyone in the back to stop the panic, and so he could commit suicide by uh, flying this plane into the Indian Ocean. So with the oxygen mask on he then proceeded to travel six hours uh, into the Indian Ocean, which is like the most vast area on Earth. So if you went down there, you'd never be found. And then he literally let the plane die in the air and just took it down. So that's like the most common like theory on it. That's crazy, man. Why? I, uh, I don't even know what to say about that. Like, Why the fuck would you... If you're just going to be like, ah, oh, fuck this, there's a lot easier ways to go than take 200 people on your suicide run. Yeah. 
that's 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 why people find it hard to believe and it has happened before when i was uh learning about this there was a flight in germany where the german pilot was accused of sexual assault with one of the people one of the stewardesses on a previous flight right and he was under investigation at the time and he decided to to fly the plane straight into the german side of the alps and uh destroy like him and like 200 other people just dead and you could hear the um co-pilot trying to get into the cockpit through like the radio signals and stuff like that it was like harrowing to listen to pretty weird i think though like when people commit suicide like it's very rare that they don't want to be caught or like to be known about or stuff like that Mm. you know what i mean so like if you're going to go through the lengths of like killing 200 people, hiding yourself from the radar so no one knows where you are, no one can be seen, and then just plopping yourself in the ocean where there'd be no wreckage, that sounds really far-fetched to someone that wants to... Yes, yeah, insane. Because I, I thought you were going to say, and it probably is one of the conspiracy theories, that it's been hijacked. Yeah, that's the second conspiracy theory. Because that's the what it sounds like. Um, right? Yeah. So the second conspiracy theory is kind of fed by, and this is how they know they're in the Indian Ocean as well, because obviously there's no radar that far out, is there's this other kind of like radar that's used through satellites, which not, I didn't know about. I work in aerospace industry. I didn't even know about this yet. <laughs> And um, they use it to track parts on planes to make sure they're still healthy. So it's not like a... It's never been used to pinpoint where a plane is before. But it can tell you a general idea of where it's travelled. Okay. And this shows you like a space of like 200, uh, 200 miles in between Russia um, and Kazakhstan. All the way down to right by Australia and stuff at the bottom of where the Indian Ocean, where the initial um, theory believed it dropped. But if you were to believe it was hijacked, which is what uh, other people have put forward, they think it was hijacked by the Russians. And the Russians did, which is very 2023 to think, considering Russia's fucking blowing everyone up. (laughs) There was, um, let me get down to that bit. Yeah, so there was two Russian men. They believed it, they took control of the plane and instead of heading towards the Indian Ocean, they headed towards the Kazakhstan border to Russia, which is the exact same distance, six hours one way or six hours the other way. Right. But they can't tell which way it went. Um, so what they don't know happened from there and why it's more culpable is the hatch to get into like the membrane of a plane is inside the passenger cabin underneath where, do you know where you, ha- you have your stewardesses at the front? Yeah. If you lift up a bit of carpet there, there's a cabin underneath, which has the membrane to like the whole plane. And that's the only place you can manually turn off your like outside communications. Okay. And keep the plane in the air. So they think it, the, that one of these Russian fellows had got into the cab, uh, got into that cabin turned off it manually and then took it over to the Kazakhstan border and then landed the plane because there's no proof of, um, what's it called? Uh, 
what's it called? <laughs> like shrapnel and stuff from when you crash a plane. Oh, okay, debris. Debris. There's no debris. Like in, in either situation, there's there's no debris. Um, so they think that these Russians took them over there, and they basically did it because it was a reaction because. Two years previously, there was a Russia uh, flight from Malaysia that flew into Russian airspace that was shot down, and it was covered up by all the governments in the world because they decided that it wasn't a big enough story to start World War Three over because this was pre-Ukraine and pre-everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they think that because Malaysia went stepped back into their um, stepped on their toes, essentially. The Russians decided to stage another thing to try and spark World War Three off by shooting another plane down, but it didn't pan out. It's hard to. That's the thing, like right when it's like something just disappears. What are you supposed to think? But I think the suicide thing to me is a bit. Why would you go for that trouble not to anyone to know about it? Being hijacked to me yeah. sounds more feasible, but then. Wouldn't you like take all the passengers and and ransom them them off? Something should have happened to them. Yeah. No, and the fact that none of their phones were turned off to me makes me think that somehow they were somewhere, and they, like if you were to hijack a plane, you would turn every single one of them phones off because there's low jack systems basically in them phones, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. But if they're on, yeah. they weren't turned off, and there was no signal on them. Obviously, wherever they ended up, there was no signal, but they weren't turned off. It's crazy, man. It's crazy to think that even that wasn't even that long ago that people can still just fucking vanish, especially on like a plane yeah, where you got like black boxes and you got like radars and stuff that you wouldn't get anywhere else that they could still yeah. just vanish. And, like, the fact that the, the plane hugged the Thailand and Malaysian border means whoever was flying the plane knew that that would keep them, un, like, undetected. Yeah, which makes that why I think, like, hijacking, because that's pre-planning, right? Someone that's going to commit mm. suicide isn't going to go to that lens just to get a plane and, and figure out no. where to fly so they can't get seen and... And if you were going to do it, why would you take a massive plane and not like a little one? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's access as well, isn't it? If this if this fella did want to um, kill himself, it's access because he was a pilot, a long-standing pilot. He, as well, which I didn't mention in the documentary, was an Australian documentary I was watching on this on YouTube earlier on today. He. Um, there's a way they can prove they actually tipped and looked out the window, tipped the plane and looked out the window towards Panyang, which is where he's from. So after he did that YouTube, uh, YouTube, U-turn, <laughs> yeah. the plane, pl- the te- the, 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 I can't even speak, the plane <laughs> tipped yeah, <laughs> and he could see his hometown at that point. So that's why they think, because that, they're like the investigators are almost convinced this fella's did it and he's like, they're blaming him. But they can't blame someone without being like hundred percent proof on it. No, because obviously he has a family and stuff. Yeah, you're just crushing his. He's basically making him a terrorist. Destroying his name. Yeah. Yeah. But they need someone to blame, right? So yeah. 
like the people so they need to give someone to the families of the people that's what they're doing yeah if you what if you watch that documentary like there's a lot that the Malaysian government did wrong in like that how they delivered information information to the families and like there's loads of like points in that documentary where you're thinking this ain't right mm-hmm. it's definitely not right and the Malaysian families are standing there screaming in like the corridors at in the courtrooms and stuff, trying to figure out what the fuck's happened. And this is the first time that they don't know where a plane's gone. They've always found every passenger plane that's crashed. This is the first time ever they haven't they haven't found one. Yeah, no, that's crazy, man. I I just, just I don't know. I I feel like it was a hijacking, but then why would you hijack a plane and then not have like a ransom or like? some like oh this is what we want it just seems like a pointless endeavor just to make people disappear but then i suppose that's like a government thing right there could be one person on that plane that they want vanished yeah so yeah i mean it could be no one to us no one significant but they've gone to such lengths to make the plane disappear and it doesn't matter about the other one else yeah you know what i mean that's why the argument behind the Russians was the fact that because they shot down that previous plane, they wanted this to then be another intrusion into World War Three, an intrusion from Malaysia into um, Russian airspace for a World War Three to happen. But they didn't quite make it. They only made it to Kazakhstan and destroyed the thing. So then what would the Russians do? Shoot everyone. <laughs> Shoot everyone that knew about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's hard man like that's the worst thing when when there's like it's it's completely gone because it could mean anything and people like to think that they're the smartest right speculate yeah, yeah so they're like oh i know what happened it's like well and then the government and the police are like we need to give them something we need to tell them something yeah yeah, I just think the the most well as I said the Netflix documentary was mo- the most well put together documentary. All the documentaries show you the same thing, but when you see like when they t- they show you the actual tracking of that plane, there's no way a non professional person could have done it. So it, whether it was the pilot or a hijacking, whoever it was has a lot of knowledge around planes yeah. and has like more than enough knowledge of how to stay out of like radar um, detection. And I don't think a normal commercial pilot would be able to do that. No. Like I said, that's a massive fucking plane as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I personally think it was hot. I talking now and saying about things, I bet you, yeah, there was one person on that plane that was like going somewhere they shouldn't, or they did something they, they shouldn't be doing. And they've taken that plane and he's just for that one person made him disappear and everyone else is just mm. collateral. Could be. Could very well be. Oh, yeah. We are talking about the dodgiest side of Earth at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Putin would be like, we're arresting you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I can give you information. And they're like, on what? And he's like, the plane that we're missing. <laughs> Bam. He'll be like, have you ever heard of the Ukraine? <laughs> <laughs> this is like the beginnings of that shit. <laughs> it's like boom, problem solved. But um No, I'm definitely gonna watch the documentary. I love Netflix when they've got a good one. 
are really, really, really interesting. And I don't know yeah. how they do it, but sometimes they get some footage that you've never seen anywhere before. You know what I mean? Pure money in it, money. They seem to be able to pull off what a lot of documentary makers can't. Well, they're they're going for a lot of writers' strikes at the minute, aren't they? Because they're they're cutting a lot of people out. Mm. But um, yeah, no, I'll definitely check that out. Thanks very much, man. Um, once again, it's at the beginning of the week, man. It gets it gets the old cogs turning. And then by the time we get to the the Friday, we're like relaxing down. We're getting some some emails. We're helping some people out. It's a good progression we do for the week. But um, hopefully you're sitting in your office or in your car and something you're listening to this, and you've got some you know your theory on it and stuff like that. But if you do, email in at uh, no hope at gmail dot com. We always like to hear your opinions on things that we do. Um, we always say as well if you've got your own theories that you want to hear that you personally think are true or not true you know anything send them in as well and um i'll catch you friday see you friday you go on fucking holiday (laughs) i was waiting for it this episode of two men no hope is sponsored by better help hey jamie why so glum Oh, bruv. I just wish we could help the listeners even more. Well, I can turn that frown upside down, mate. How are you going to do that? Let me tell you about a company called BetterHelp, the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. 100% online? So can our listeners get help anywhere? That's right. They can talk to a therapist however they feel comfortable, wherever it's via text, chat, phone, or video call, they can message their therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient to them. So will they get the right therapist for them? BetterHelp has a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help them with a wide range of issues. Plus, if their therapist isn't the best fit for any reason, they can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. Wow, that's really good. Well, what can we offer the listeners to get them started? Well, we have teamed up with them to offer them 10% off their first month. All they have to do is go to betterhelp.com forward slash two men no hope. That's betterhelp.com forward slash two men no hope. So all they have to do to get all of that and 10% off for the first month is go to betterhelp.com forward slash two men no hope. Exactly, my friend. Now, doesn't that make you feel better? Yes, bruv. That's so much more off my mind.